That event involving Madame Eterna sure was shocking, wasn't it? Well, the thrilling conclusion is coming soon, but in the meantime, here is the story of an adventure that happened before that fateful day. Our heroes happened onto a robotics factory with a dark secret. Enjoy. It was a calm afternoon in Boston. People bustled in and out of shops and rode their horses around town. But in an unnoticed lot behind a building, a triangular portal made of light appeared and two people stepped out in ill-fitting colonial costumes. We really have to fix that clothing maker. This dress does not fit at all. Well, yes, but I'm kind of attached to it. It gave me my signature top hat and pinstriped suit look. So, this is 1776? Oh, yes. You're more consequential to the creation of the Intergalactic Alliance than even First Contact. The morals and ethics of the United Earth of my time come from here. One nation under God. Tiffany looked at him slightly annoyed. Oh, sorry, I do tend to ramble, don't I? It's okay. What's the date? The traveler checked the watch on his omni-scanner. I'm not sure, actually. Oh, I was off by about three years. It's 1770... Oh. What? It's March 10th, 1773. That date sounds familiar. Hang on. The traveler pointed at a regal-looking man surrounded by guards. The man stood on a stage at a podium and announced his name. As many of you no doubt know, I am the governor of this province, Thomas Hutchinson. Today I am bringing your attention to a proclamation from His Majesty King George. Any and all tea from the British East India Tea Company shall be the sole distributor of tea in these colonies. Of course, this will lead to a mild raise in taxes. There was a change in the governor's demeanor as he suddenly became more focused. However, uh, neither I nor any governor will enforce this bill, for we believe it to be rubbish. The traveler wore a confused and slightly worried look on his face. Was that supposed to happen? No, no it wasn't. Xander Brain Cinemas presents, in association with Screaming Beagle Productions, The Traveler, an audio adventure series. Starring Xander Jedgetts as The Traveler, Brynna Jedgetts as Tiffany Stewart, and Dave Jedgetts as The Narrator. Today's 4th of July episode, Independence. Oh, I don't like this one bit. Back to the chrono ship. Oh, but we just got here. Back in the ship. I don't see what the big deal is. Tiffany, the Tea Act was the informal beginning of the revolution. If this doesn't happen, America might never be founded. I get it, but isn't it possible that the history books got it wrong? That the governor originally never enforced it until he had to? No, and here's why. During those hundred years I spent in the Colonel ship, I occasionally explored the past. And I've already seen what is supposed to happen. You've already been to March 10th, 1773? Well, March 11th, actually, but still, something is wrong. Couldn't it be the same thing that messed with the humans' first contact with aliens? It's possible, but we need to be sure. So, what do we do? Well, the last time this happened, we had to manually make peace between the humans and the Arceans. This should work the same, God willing. The Traveler and Tiffany left the chrono ship and approached the Governor of Massachusetts. The Traveler spoke to him more British than ever before. Excuse me, Governor Hutchinson, might I have a word? Yes, my good lad, the governor said in a decidedly less confident tone than you'd expect him to have. Don't you think it's risky to defy the king by repealing this tea act? Well, the king loves all his colonies, and I'm sure if uh, he was aware how much that that act would hurt the colonists, he wouldn't have imposed it. Yeah, sure he would. I'm sorry, what are your names? 
The traveler looked at Tiffany and she nodded. I'm Emmett. Emmett Brown, and she's... Uh, uh, Sarah Jane Smith. Ah, yes. Well, I don't mean to be rude, but I'm a very busy man. Good day. Governor walked away quickly. Well, that wasn't suspicious or anything. Mm, you caught that too. He seemed nervous. He's got to be behind it. The traveler checked his Omni scanner. You should see the results of the covert scan I ran on him. Unlike anything I've ever seen, it's like he's two people. And one of them is definitely not human. The Traveler and Tiffany went back to the chrono ship. I know what these readings remind me of. What? What year is it for you? 2022. Why? Well, in 2029, a secret government project was set up as a very early prototype to the chrono ship project of my time. I forget what it was called, but it was the idea that you could transplant a person through time and replace someone that was already there, or then, while they replace you in your time. Like a body swap? No, the person's physical body would go with them, but with a quantum signature of the person they were placed around them, making them appear like the other person to everyone else. And that's what this reminds you of? Precisely. This kind of time travel, were it ever to work, would have been limited to the time before 2029, because scanning tech from that era and onward was so advanced it could detect the time traveler. The traveler gestured to his omniscanner. You think he's one of these quantum... replacers? Indeed I do. Anytime technology is invented to try and help the world, someone finds a way to use it to hurt people. Nuclear energy can power the world, but it can also be used to create bombs. Fire can keep us warm, but they can also burn. You know, I went to an alternate Earth once where they were working on a technology that could reset a person's body to undo any injuries. But a man used it to fake his death and frame someone for murder. You think someone used that technology to jump into the past and mess it up? Maybe. So, how do we stop this? Well, we first have to know exactly what we're dealing with. You usually can't alter the timeline if you live within it. We travel using the chrono ship, so we're technically not a part of our universe. And if this enemy of ours is capable of effectively meddling with the past, he must not be from around here either. So the question is, where is he from? Some other universe? Or even dimension. The T-Axe seems to be compromised, but we may still be able to salvage the Intolerable Axe. The Intolerable Acts? Those were the ones used to punish the colonists for the Boston Tea Party, right? How are we going to make the King Institute them now? I have an idea. Our heroes went forward in time a year into England, entering the palace of King George III. My liege, you have visitors. Show them in. The Traveler and Tiffany came in wearing regal clothing. Okay, now I see what you mean about the clothes not fitting. These pantaloons are riding up. What is the meaning of this? This is a member of Parliament, Emmett Brown, and a journalist from the colonies, Sarah Jane Smith. Majesty, I have a suggestion regarding the American colonies. Yes, the colonists have grown irritable and reacted poorly to the Tea Act, committing terrorism and throwing tea into the harbor. Is this true? It is. I recommend you institute a series of punitive laws. Coercive acts, if you will. I'm listening. The first should be a bill that closes Boston Harbor. Perhaps you're right. They need to know their place. Then a law replacing elected officials and colonies with those parliament appoints. The king nodded in agreement. Third, you could enact something protecting British officials from being tried in the colonies, and then, once they come back here, excusing them from said crimes. Oh, ho! <laughs> and finally, any colonist must accept any British soldier into their home at any time of the night. Well, that's a lot of any's. Shut up. Acceptable. However, these acts shall go forth from my mouth alone. Hey, wait, we thought of the idea- Thank you, Your Majesty. 
Let's go. They made it back to the chrono ship. Why would you let them take credit for our laws? They weren't our laws. They were parliaments in the original timeline, and history must remember it as such, even if the tea party doesn't happen now. But how'd you know he'd do that? King George, as well as many monarchs, was raised to believe himself to be perfect and genius, that God himself chose him to rule England. You imagine the ego. Oh, so what do we do now? Well, let's see if it worked. The traveler pressed some buttons on his control panel. They arrived in 2022 and everything was wrong. Hartnellville, South Dakota, Tiffany's hometown, was an empty wilderness. Uh-oh. Traveler, are we going to suddenly be British? No, we're not affected by timeline changes. But this isn't good. Where is everybody? The British didn't settle South Dakota like we Americans did, apparently. Why didn't it work? I don't know, but I have an idea. The traveler bought in a large device that had a screen on it. This is a machine I built called the Continuity Catalog. It keeps track of what's supposed to happen and what did happen. Of course, it only goes as far as 3020, because that's where I'm from. What does it say now? The traveler looked at the readout and then at Tiffany. And let's go. The date is 19th April 1775 in Lexington, Kentucky. And one end of the field was an army of British redcoats, on the other a large group of colonists. The catalogue says this is where things went off the rails. Suddenly an old man on the colonist's side appeared and yelled to hold their fire. A traveller, awestruck, said, Benjamin Franklin! Franklin? The history books don't mention him here. The history you know doesn't exist anymore. Yeah, I have a confession to make. I'm a huge Benjamin Franklin fan. In fact, he's one of the reasons I became a scientist. The Traveler began to approach Ben Franklin. What are you doing? Timeline's been compromised. I won't affect anything. I just want to say hello. Dork. Tiffany muttered to herself. The Traveler, meanwhile, said, Excuse me, Dr. Franklin. Uh, hello, young man. What can I do for you? May I... May I shake your hand, sir? Well, of course. The Traveler shook his hand, but suddenly there was a blinding flash of colorful light and a loud noise. Franklin was gone, but in his place was a strange silver and blue alien man wearing his clothing. The traveler and the imposter both looked shocked, as did Tiffany from afar. What are you? The traveler looked, took out his omniscanner and scanned the imposter. You are dealing with concepts you cannot understand, human. Try me. No, I shall not. The imposter vanished in a blue glow. Ben Franklin returned. He looked mildly disoriented. Dr. Franklin, are you okay? <clears throat> yes, dear boy. What was I talking about? The traveler looked over at Tiffany as they nodded at each other in agreement. Dr. Franklin, I wanted to meet you because I'm a big fan. Your autobiography is part of what inspired me to become an inventor. Well, you know what I always say. Either write something worth reading or do something worth writing. But I've heard of any of your inventions. Um, if I'm doing things right, then no. You see, now this will sound crazy... I'm from the year 3020, and I developed a time-traveling machine. Fascinating. You don't believe me. Tell me, and I forget. Teach me, and I may remember. Involve me, and I learn. Traveler was frozen in amazement. This was the second Ben Franklin quote he had heard today from the man himself. He quickly snapped back to reality. Well, okay, then. He pulled the omniscanner out of his pocket. Tiffany ran over. Traveler, what are you doing? He wanted to see proof. Remember, the timeline's already compromised. And who is this? Oh, she's my friend, Tiffany Stewart. Uh, hello, Benjamin Franklin. Pleasure to make your acquaintance, madam. He shook her hand. All right, are you going to show me your, uh, device? Yes, but not here. There's too many people. I thought the timeline was compromised. 
Well, yes, but we'd still have to deal with a lot of unnecessary questions. The three of them walked to a more discreet area. Franklin gestured to the Omniscanner. How exactly does this machine work? The Traveler pushed a button, creating a triangular portal. Incredible. They walked through the door. Dr. Franklin, welcome to the Chrono Ship. Absolutely astonishing. Might I ask, why are you showing me this? <sighs> Something's terribly wrong with the past. The Traveler and Tiffany caught Franklin up on not only what's been happening, but on the damage done to the timeline caused by the Chrono Ship and how history is supposed to go. So, how can you be sure these paradoxes aren't being caused by your ship's explosion and are done instead with malicious intent? Because we attempted to repair it, but the timeline fought back. And even I was infected? Well, we're not totally sure it was really you. Demonic possession? Well, we think our foes have the ability to replace people in history and disguise themselves as that person. Where was I while this imposter was me? We don't know. Well, now we know where to start tracking our enemy's location. But why did the imposter suddenly drop his disguise? My theory is that the chronotons embedded in me interacted with the temporal aura surrounding the imposter, causing it to break. Could we use this to find him? It only works through physical contact, so it may not be viable on a large scale. Hmm. How do you get these, uh, chronotons? Through time travel. Oh, I see what you're saying. Brilliant. Thank you. What? We recruit more people to help catch the enemy and arm them with chronotons. But what if we accidentally bring imposters into the chrono ship? Well, they'll immediately reveal themselves. Well then, we have ourselves a plan. The Traveler, Tiffany, and Ben Franklin then began the process of bringing people into the chrono ship to catch the imposters, who Tiffany pointed out needed a name. She decided to call them the Corruptors. Um, Traveler, I'm not the expert here, but aren't all these people seeing future technology going to disrupt the timeline worse than the Corruptors? That's the beautiful part. When the Corruptors feed off the paradox energy of an entire colony of humans having future knowledge, knowledge gets sucked out of their minds and they'll only have memories of their own lives. It's basically a self-corrupting problem, assuming it all goes to plan. And of course it always goes to plan, no hiccups. What's that? Oh nothing, how's it coming? Getting a bit crowded in here, but I think we have enough. Dr. Franklin, would you keep those ladies from fiddling around with the equipment over there? It's not dangerous, but it is delicate. Ladies? Ah, a speciality of mine. Uh, oh, madam, if you wouldn't mind. Franklin went over and charmed the colonial ladies away from some of the traveler's machines. The traveler consulted the continuity catalog and determined the proper place and time to reintroduce the colonists then adjusted the controls. He opened the door to everywhere, in a town square on the largest nexus point yet, July 4th, 1776. Alright then, everyone, off you go, back to your lives. Do tell everyone you meet about where you've been and what you've seen, and be sure to shake their hands. Are you crazy? The kind of paradox this will make could rip time in half or something. Rip time in half? You watch way too much TV. Besides, I already did that, sort of. How much worse could it get? Now listen. The more people they tell about the future, the more paradoxes they'll create. The corruptors will be drawn to the paradox energy like bugs or sugar. Then all we have to do is swap them. When did you figure out that they feed on paradox energy? Well, consider. The first law of time travel is don't create paradoxes. Don't disrupt the timeline. Besides being temporarily almost impossible, it's just a bad idea. You inevitably end up snuffing yourself out of existence. So the only reason you would intentionally create a paradox is if you knew you benefited from it. And what kind of being would benefit from a paradox? A being affected in a positive way by it, and immune to the dangers of temporal meddling. Then it comes down to survival. 
The corruptors, whatever they are, feed on paradox energy and are not affected by timeline changes. But doesn't time travel require huge amounts of energy? For us it does. We're not born to it. But there are probably life forms who time travel as easily as you or I swim. Takes some effort, but we can do it if we have to. But fish don't have to work at it, they're born to it. And to eat, they have to keep swimming all the time. So the corruptors are simply trying to survive the way they were made to. Seems unethical to kill them when all they want to do is eat. Isn't there some way we could, I, I don't know, redirect them? Put them somewhere like we did with the parasites on the space train? I don't think that'll work this time. These aren't naturally occurring beings. Think about it. If they were, nothing would ever make sense. The temporal paradoxes would multiply exponentially till the entire space-time continuum, all universes, would collapse, and they would starve to death anyway. Nature requires a balance. If they're not naturally occurring, then how? I have an awful feeling they might have been created or mutated from something else when the chrono ship detached from space-time. That would be enough energy to set them on their way, and it might explain their ease of traveling time. No, I don't believe we can get squeamish on this. They have to be destroyed, or they will destroy everything and everyone. Any ideas how to do that? I think our friend Dr. Franklin may hold the answer to that. Ever fly a kite? Oh, you've got to be kidding me. Not at all. Lightning has positive and negative electrical charges, right? Well, if a being that feeds on paradoxes requires causality to be disrupted, and if it is drawn into things that have continuity, and lightning is unpredictable, at least in 18th century America, then it stands to reason that the amount of energy coursing through a bolt of lightning can, well, corrupt the corruptors. Anything that can harness that level of power needs some level of control. Lightning will at least temporarily disable whatever sense they use to navigate the time stream, and they will effectively starve before they can find the next food source. By the time they've drained the paradox energy from all the people in the colony, the timeline will be set right, and they won't have enough energy to move in time and space, or even replace people from history. Dr. Franklin was saying something about tracking them to their base of operations. If my idea works, we won't even need to find it. Cutting them off at the source is plan B. But you do have a plan, right? Hey, when have I not? Franklin returned standing next to a large man with brown hair. This is my friend, Paul Revere. The traveler in Tiffany's eyes widened at the sight of another of the founding fathers. He's rather handy with a horse. It occurred to me how useful of a skill that could be in a situation like this. How do you do? The traveler in Tiffany shook his hand. I've explained to him the dire circumstances to the best of my ability. So you're on board, Mr. Revere? Of course. These, uh, what did you call them, corruptors must be stopped for the good of the colonies and of the world. The traveler and Ben Franklin began to work on a machine using spare parts from the inside of the crown ship, which would stimulate the clouds to produce lightning and then harness it. Meanwhile, Tiffany and the colonists continued to unmask the corruptors, which could be considered putting a bandage on a lost limb, but it was better than nothing. However, the corruptors interfered by swarming the traveler. Please, stay back. The traveler demanded to those still pretending to be colonists. I believe they're realizing what we're doing. Franklin gave a knowing look at Paul Revere, and the latter rode off on his horse while Tiffany ran up. You guys better hurry up. Young lady, he that can have patience can have what he will. All we have left is the cloud stimulator. Almost done. A corrupter masquerading as a colonial confronted the traveler. Stop this at once. You know not what you're doing. Sorry, but I'm not in the habit of letting other people make the same mistakes I've made. You're not breaking time. Not on my watch. <laughs> watch. Get it? Because time. I'll warn you, traveler. The traveler was shocked. How did you know my name? 
A Karapla made some kind of alien sound, alerting the others that they were going to war. I've got it, that button, right? Franklin gestured towards a red button. Yes, that's the one, hit it. Franklin pressed the button and a pale blue beam shot into the sky, darkening the clouds and causing wind and rain. The traveler pulled a lever, releasing the kite into the sky. The Karapas swarmed our heroes as the free colonists engaged them in a battle. The traveler, Tiffany and Ben Franklin took refuge in the alley. It's an all-out war. And not the one that's meant to be happening. Traveler, are you sure we're not just making things worse? Don't worry. If I'm right, none of this will ever have happened. Look! Tiffany pointed at a cable that had come unplugged in a scuffle. Oh, that's not good. That's a central line tethering the kite to the contraption. If that remains damaged, our whole mission will have been in vain. Thunder crackled as lightning lit up the night sky. Well, time to act like your namesake, Emmett Brown. Godspeed, Sarah Jane Smith. Traveler raced through the mob of people to the machine. He's a madman. Elsewhere, as the corruptors began enveloping other towns, Paul Revere rode faster than the lightning this whole plan was built upon. The corruptors are coming! The corruptors are coming! Colonists and corruptors battled it out as the storm grew heavier. The traveler grabbed both ends of the cable and tried desperately to for force them together, but to no avail. Come on! Lightning slammed into the kite and began flowing into the wire. The traveler finally managed to join the cords just in time as lightning shot through it into the machine. The traveler knocked back, shouted, Great Scott! The machine flared and pulsed wave after wave of energy in every direction. The corruptors writhed in agony. The one that was ostensibly the leader met the traveler's gaze. You have no idea what you got. The light grew brighter and brighter as the traveler looked at Ben Franklin, knowing this was the last time Franklin would remember him. It's been an honor, sir. Likewise, my boy. Remember, lost time can never be found again. Make the most of it. There was a large flash of light, and the traveler and Tiffany woke up on the ground of the place they had just been. Tiffany was in the alley, this time alone, and the traveler was where the machine was before. The traveler got up and walked towards Tiffany. So that's it? No one here remembers us? They don't just not remember. These events never transpired. And the corruptors? <sighs> Gone. For good. Tiffany looked sad, but the traveler put his arm on her shoulder. I know, but it had to be done. But there's something bugging me. What? Why were they so focused on the American Revolution? And how did the leader know who I was? I guess we'll never know. You're probably right. Before we go, I think we should end things with a bang. The Traveler and Tiffany stuck into Independence Hall in Philadelphia. There were several men present as a document was being signed. So this is where it all started, huh? I wager I can quote the whole introduction. You're on. When in the course of human events it becomes necessary for one people to dissolve the political bands which have connected them with another, and to assume among the powers of the earth the separate and the equal station to which the laws of nature and of nature's God entitle them, decent respect to the opinions of mankind that they should declare the causes which impel them to the separation. We hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights, and among them are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, that to secure these rights, governments are instituted among men, deriving their just powers from the consent of the governed. The Traveler is a Xander Brain Cinemas production in association with Screaming Beagle Audio and Red Circle Podcasts. Independence was written by Xander and Dave Judgetts, edited by Xander Judgetts, and directed by Dave Judgetts. Stay tuned next time for part two of the first season's finale, and happy 4th of July!